Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome uh, to another episode of the Pat and Rose Show. Today, for me, is tremendously personal and very special because our guest today is my brother-in-law, Jake Worthington. I was at his wedding last weekend, and we recently published a journal video about Jake's experience as a combat veteran in the Marine Corps. Yeah, and the video is called Combat Veteran Finds CrossFit. I watched it two or three times just to get ready for the interview and it brought me to tears. It just hit home. Jake's an incredible dude. He's very, very open. Uh, you can watch the video because he really delves into uh, a singular experience that happened on March 23rd, 2003 in Nazaria where he had some horrific combat and loss of life for his friends take place. And we kind of just dive right into it. But man, from, you know, getting reassimilated back into normal life to dealing with addiction and pain in a negative way to opening an affiliate. This guy, man, he's got 36 years in this planet. He's, he's got a lot of experience under his belt. You know, uh, it, it, we started a little bit slow, but I felt like this conversation never stopped ramping up. Like it kept getting better and better and better and better and better. And we went, uh, you know, I don't even say unusually long because I think that's going to be our thing. We, but we went a little bit long. It's totally worth the listen, especially towards the end where I got tingles in my spine. Jake is, uh, he's basically got a new lease on life and, uh, it's most likely not what you expect, but it's enough to, um, uh, it's contagious, his, his enthusiasm. So without further ado, we hope you enjoy this episode with Jake Worthington from CrossFit Incinerator. Jake, what I'm curious about, and I don't want to be, to overstep my bounds and encapsulate your, you know, uh, military experience in a few sentences here. I'd, I would love people to go watch Combat Veteran Finds CrossFit and they'll get a much deeper understanding, but I'm just going to, you know, we haven't talked about what happened to you yet so i'm just gonna let the viewers or listeners know combat you saw more combat than a human being should lost a tremendous amount of good friends and that's obviously a ridiculous thing which will impact people in ways that few people understand i'm curious if when you left the marine corps and now you're going to assimilate back into the civilian world after having those sort of experiences was there counseling? Was there, hey, there's this, check out this book or this 10-step pro progress or this hotline? Or was it just, hey, good luck, Jake. Hope it all works out for you. So, yeah, I mean, the, uh, I was one of the, I, I, I had a uh, different understanding, I guess, of myself a little bit than a lot of people. But I, I went out and sought help even when, when I was in Iraq. Smart um, man. When I was in Iraq, I, I was... Uh, I don't want to implicate myself, but I was uh, scared that I was going to do something that was going to prevent me from uh, seeing my family again because I would be rotting in Leavenworth for the better part of my life. Because, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, there's a lot of feelings and emotions that go along with seeing, you know, just doing stuff on a day-to-day -day basis and whatever. So I went and sought out, uh, you know, the wizard, what we called him, the head doctor, <laughs> and... Um, Navy captain. And he was like, Hey, uh, yeah, we need to talk. And so he was kind of neat. Um, cause he didn't, you know, uh, make any qualms about what had happened when I got out of the Marine. Uh, and, and so we saw each other for a little bit and I kind of came to terms with a few things. Um, when I got out of the Marine Corps, I went and sought out a counselor you know, VA counselor, veterans counselor. And he's like, okay, so tell me all about the combat. And so 
I told him everything, basically gave him an hour-long story. All the feelings, all the emotions, all the everything bubbled right up to the surface. And he's like, okay, that's it wow. for this hour. Uh, let's set an appointment for next month. And I was like, this is fucking irresponsible. I'm uh, right. like ready to go to combat again based on everything that I just brought to the surface. And you're like, let's set an appointment? Like, this oh is irresponsible. God. A while later, I did some anger management classes because people thought I had an anger problem. Sure. <laughs> um, and then uh, that was not related. That was just uh, ordered by my employer. And um, uh, due to the tone of my emails, because uh, my, <laughs> my military back, I'm sure you cannot relate to that. Sure. Um, you know, uh, hey, Sherwood can write a scathing, scathing email. <laughs> He's got, he's he's a wordsmith, right? I'm just talking about the facts but, here. And so, hey, maybe maybe like you you say they're they're not uh, you say they're not related, but they probably probably was, right? I mean, or you know, I don't I don't know if that came with you like hardwired in. Um, you don't seem like an angry person to me, but I'm I'm guessing that that one thing most likely did have to do with the other, and I, and and that's why I love that you're so open about this now, because I can only imagine that there's people who weren't there's people that went through the same thing and I hear even like veteran suicide statistics that make my heart just bleed. Um, who, who didn't go and seek help or they didn't, they didn't, they didn't connect the dots. They didn't see why it was happening and they were unwilling to go out there or, um, not, not being in that community. I don't, I don't know the why, but I hate to see all well, these people we're suffering. In the without... We're on the cusp of just a massive, in my personal opinion, a massive, massive problem where we have thousands and thousands of men and women that have seen things that people should not see. And now they're just coming back home, uh, kind of adrift with no real support system or network. And we're just hoping that things work out. And I, that's, that's not going to work out unless yeah. people are active like you were. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, pretty intense the um yeah it's really interesting because the the climate in which i returned home from combat was you know we went march 19th 2003 you know we kicked in the front door of uh, iraq and we went in and then in june of the same year i was stateside oh wow like nobody i don't think can I think that's a record for its shortest deployment as uh, as far as like since 01 all the way till now. Like I, I, I doubt anybody has had their entire unit there and back in less than six months, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so when we returned home, it was, you know, huge parade when we got back and it was, you know, whatever. And but at the same time, it was, you know, when I went into I went into my first college course my uh, professor uh, was political science course, and it was all about why we should not be in Iraq, why there were no weapons of mass destruction. And I'm like, bro, I got pictures. I got pictures of WMDs with NBC warheads. Like, I, what are you talking about? There's no WMDs. I bet that was an easy course to sit through. It was awesome. <laughs> Luck, luckily, I was... I went to the dean's office because at one point I almost physically assaulted the professor because he was sitting there in his go fasters with his blue jeans with his collared shirt tucked in and no belt. And I was like, you're fucking civilian and tires on sat and I'm going to freaking <laughs> run you up and down. And I, 
I just I just gave him a what for like badly, and there was a crew chief on a Chinook that actually evac some wounded out of Nazaria that was another the other side of the class, luckily. And he grabbed me and he's like, "You need to go. You need to go." You know, kind of in the chest. And I was like, "He needs to go." X, right. Y, and Z. I was like, "Just say your mouth." I was like, "You, I dare you to open your mouth." You know, just basically like to this professor because I had had one too many things. It was this Cindy she or Sheehan or whatever that was like camped out on President Bush's lawn because she was making her son out to be a victim when I believed he was a hero and all sorts of stuff. And I mean, right. we were having a what for in this class, and he was stating opinion as fact, and I was like, "You got impressionable minds," but blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So I went to the dean's office and I, I was like, dude, you got to know you're going to have some return in vets. And this this is irresponsible. Like, this is irresponsible. You're going to have some problems. Good I said, you. you're lucky How- that there was another guy in there. How did that go with the dean? It went okay. I was able to withdraw from the class, um, which was nice because um, we were past <laughs> the withdrawal mark. Uh, you had a uh, honor, honorably discharged from the class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, the uh, that was fun, but just stuff like that. So the temperature, you know, and since then, I mean, our country has become so freaking divided, you know. Uh, at oh, least yeah. it's being portrayed. It's being portrayed as divided, and that's what really is pissing me off. It's being portrayed as divided, and and I don't want to turn this into a political podcast because I don't vote. So sue me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm an American. I will fight and die for America. I believe that every veteran that I've ever served with would fight and die for the American people more than anything else, you know? Um, and, and, and this climate that we're in with, where we have all these people returning home, um, you know, I was not part of the IED war of Iraq. I don't know what it's like to drive on patrol and feel like a sitting duck. Right. I don't know what it's like to feel that way. I was part of the initial invasion where it was okay to kill somebody that has a weapon that you see, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And there is a lot of, um, I'm going to say, nervousness and and tension that goes along with random incoming mortar rounds and IEDs and stories that I've heard of, of subsequent deployments that have happened and people that have done two, three, four, five, six, seven tours over there. And I'm like, damn, sure. You know, and they tell me, they tell me, they're like, I, I haven't seen what you've seen. And I'm like, bro, I haven't seen what you've seen. Like I, I didn't live that. I lived an entirely different experience and, and each and every person lives an entirely different experience. I don't think either person got a better deal, quite frankly. You know, it's just it is what it is. Right. Exactly. Right. I agree. If so, you, and, if, and, if, and as, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, you know, I, I, I hear, um, I'm going to be speaking apparently at a, uh, at a Marine Corps ball, which is just baffling to me because <laughs> I'm just a dude. And uh, so uh, it's baffling to me how quickly veterans, dismiss or rank themselves accordingly um, according to other people's experiences, according to whatever. I had a guy that just is in my gym right now who told me he was the react force that went in after the two choppers that went down. I've never called a helicopter a chopper before right now, by the way. Um, It's good. It's good. It's good media. (laughs) 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 Never called it a chopper. Anyway, 
Uh, the two the two helicopters that went down um, uh, that um, Lieutenant Michael Murphy called in, you know, and and those two helicopters that went down, he was the Marine force that went in after that. And I was like, oh, dude, like, what was that? Was that like 01 or 02? He's like, no, man, that was 05. And I'm like, oh, five, like two years after what I experienced, mm -hmm. we honor Michael Murphy, you know? And I'm like, this is, it's just weird. You're, you're, you, it's just baffling as far as how your brain processes information. And so you could be somebody that heard a mortar round go off on the other side of camp and that startles you to the bone and you're completely valid. I mean, just cause, just cause the guy next to you didn't get shot doesn't mean that your fear isn't valid, right. you know? And so somebody, you know, could very quickly be in a bar and be like, yeah, what do you know? Oh, you were a freaking pogue or you were whatever, you know, and, and quickly dismiss another veteran's, you know, real suffering and pain that they might not be able to ever tell anybody because they might feel like I can't even really be, you know, sad about this or I can't be mad about this because technically I wasn't there. You know, I know a guy who is sad, uh, not sad, but a guy who was scared to go back over for another tour because he saw Humvees that had blood in it and he had to wash them out and had to send them back on the road. And he was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it back a second time. And I'm like, did you experience any combat? And he's like, no. And I was like, well, all right. Um, just so you know, if you don't go back, someone's going to go in your place. So it's up to you, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, that's a good point. I'm like, yeah. So this is the job we signed up for, you know, this is what we do. Uh, you know, now, go ahead. I, I was about to get sidetracked. I was, okay. I, I'm just thinking, uh, the same, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to solve the world's problems. Right. Um, and you're not going to take this whole systemic problem and necessarily, um, articulate a, a five point plan on how you solve it. But, um, what do you see as the either programs or mindsets or organizations that are making like the largest impact on a big, on a big basis. I know, I know that CrossFit made a huge difference for you and we'll get into that later, but in terms of like, is there organizations, are there things, even maybe talking to the boys at the wedding, you know, like, is there anything that worked for them? Um, or is it just, is it, is it every man for himself? I, I'm not, I don't have any experience with anything else that worked for me. Um, okay. I don't know, um, of my friends. I, I mean, we all keep in contact with each other. We all call each other, but Pat, you got anything on that? I don't, I don't No, You know, I just, I, I get out after seven years and I've got some buddies that didn't get out and they're still in and they're actually, it's funny now because they're all, you know, knuckleheads that are like, Oh, sixes and it laughs or the master chiefs. And I can't believe it. Cause they were just, you know, idiots. But I remember them being, uh, from many, many years ago, but some of them have been out there shooting it up for 10 years which is funny, right? I mean, if we're being brutally honest, um, young men, I can only speak for myself, you know, we go and we enlist. I didn't, I didn't go into the military because I wanted to build schools and dig ditches and help kids to read. Like you, you go in because you probably saw too many moves and you want to, you want to shoot people in the chest. That's, that's why I'm signing up. And so you hope for this career of combat and these stories and whatnot. And then it actually happens to your friends or something like that, and you hear, you know, I've been a civilian now, which has been a blessing in disguise, but I hear my, these stories of my buddies who stayed in, got the 10 years of combat, and they're not the same people that I knew 10 years ago. They're, their voice sounds the same, but, you know, they're tired all the time. They can't feel good. They can't recover. They're withdrawn. And I just talked to a buddy 
who um, obviously shall remain nameless, but he just said he felt the wheels coming off. He said they didn't come off. He goes, but I actually felt them wobbling and, and coming off, and I sucked it up, even though, you know, it's not good in that machismo environment to go seek counseling and do this stuff. He checked himself in to a week-long program, so to speak, and unearthed a whole lot of feelings and things that he was wildly uncomfortable to do. And I talked to him. He called me when he got out of it, and he sounded a whole heck of a lot better. Um, and I was very glad that he did that, obviously. But he's the minority. I don't know a lot of my buddies doing that. He was a standout. So I can only hope that I can only hope that more people do that. And I don't know if it would work for everybody. But I also don't think those programs are readily available and easy to access. He's still very luckily at a unit that has basically no budget and can do whatever they want and so went on that but you know the the regular civilian walking out around town carrying a whole bunch of baggage but still has to go to work every day to put food on the table and you know just stuffs things back down into his head into his heart because he can't let them come out and disrupt his life and he's got to feed his kids like those are the guys that I worry about because I think they're they're all over small town and big city USA and uh they're not getting the help that they need. So I don't, I don't have a good answer as to what to do. Well, so then um, let's talk about Jake, in my opinion, by, at least from last weekend, we've got a happy ending, right? Um, and of course the story, the story of your life has a long way to go, but um, let's talk about the CrossFit portion of it because ultimately the, the video um, that we published in the journal was really cool to see how, how, Amy, of course, that we talked about was a huge part of your recovery, but so was CrossFit. And now you have, I was telling Pat before we got on the call, I mean, how many people at that ceremony, much less the people that hosted the wedding were just clients who were like, Hey man, I want to get back to you. Cause you gave so much to me, which is a very, um, it's an affiliate interaction I've seen before, but it was very authentic. It was very cool. So talk, talk about the, uh, the, that portion of it. How did, how did CrossFit kind of fit in? Yeah. Well, I, before I say anything else, I do want to say, um, since that video went out, I have had an amazing response from the CrossFit community. Most oh, really? importantly, yeah, I, ha- most importantly, like I've had a few pe- few emails come through Facebook messengers to the CrossFit incinerator, you know, Facebook page that I manage or, you know, whatever, yeah. like emails, um, to myself that where they found themselves to my website and then they popped up and they're like, Hey, can this message get to Jake? Um, I'm a veteran that suffers from the same thing. And you just, I think I'm going to try CrossFit out. Got any suggestions for me? And I'm like, nice. yeah, no if kidding. you log into a box, you don't get a warm welcome, go to a freaking different one. Cause there's enough. That's wonderful advice by the way. Yeah, seriously. You know? And so I was like, um, I said, you know, uh, I said, I've gotten multiple emails from people that are going to try CrossFit because of that video, which was my whole hope in that video. If it got one vet that felt what I felt like that was my whole hope, uh, that was the only reason I agreed to it, you know? And, um, so that's awesome. I've gotten emails from people who are like, Hey, I want to do your workout. I got a video back from uh, CrossFit Paso Robles of them doing their, the, the workout. I got Southwest. Hell Yeah. Something from South SW Australia. I'm not worldly enough to know what that means, but uh, something from a box down there where they sent me pictures of all their affiliates, uh, of all their members doing the workout and stuff. And they asked me, they're like, "Hey, I noticed that the workout that I found didn't have the mile run, but the one that I that that I saw seemed to have the mile run. So which one's the right one? We just want to do it right." And I'm like, "Hell nice. yeah, like, absolutely!" 
people from the UK have, have uh, a couple guys from the UK of there. And then there's currently a guy in my box right now who's visiting town for two weeks from the UK. He's here to skydive. And he said, I want to learn how to do CrossFit while I'm here from you. So that way, when I go back, he's like, I'm a vet. I'm an army vet from, from the UK and I want to learn how to do CrossFit so that I go back home. And I'm like, okay. Like I hope, how does that feel? Well, it's unreal. It's unreal. Like, it, I mean, how does it, how does it feel to hear it? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it, it, it feels like it's not reality. You know, it feels like, um, it's made up, you know, it feels like, it just feels like it's story scripted or whatever, like storybook, you know, type thing. But, uh, yeah. it's so awesome. Um, because you know, the, the CrossFit, uh, community for me, my first experience was, I don't remember what came first. Uh, going to see, walking in the 2009 CrossFit games during the deadlift ladder was my, was one of my first experiences with CrossFit, uh, where I was living in Monterey and my brother said, Hey, you got to come check this out. I don't remember if it's that, or if when he was filming at CrossFit Marina, a level one, Mm -hmm. and he said, Hey, here, stand behind the camera. And during the lunchtime, I saw this guy throw a barbell over his head like 30 times really fast. And I was like, <laughs> that's cool. Everyone was cheering. And there's a couple people going, man, that's Josh Everett. That's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, cool. I don't know any of these people. Like, right. okay. <laughs> and then come to find out it's still like the most amazing Isabel, you know, workout ever. And I'm like, yep, now that yep. I know what I was there to witness, I felt very privileged and honored. But, you know, it was, it was interesting. So. You know, that was my first experience with CrossFit. I brother's like, hey, you gotta come work out, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. And I'm like, okay, you know, and 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 just like the video says, I got my ass kicked and and it it wasn't until I mean I saw the high fiving and everybody cheered me on when I came in dead last. And honestly, every time somebody ran with me when I was dying and slobbering and snotting all over myself at the end of a half of the workout, half the reps. I just wanted to die. I was like, just get away from me. You know, I don't like this. I'm not the guy who falls out in PT and all this. Uh, it, CrossFit was a very, you know, hard pill to swallow for somebody that was a hard charger. You know what I mean? I was, mm-hmm. I was, I wasn't a 300 PFT tier, but I was, I was, a, you know, 250. I was an okay PFT tier. Um, you know, check your ego real quick. <laughs> yeah, but it checked my ego real quick. And so, but experiencing that, uh, that first Nazaria workout when everybody like heard my story and actually welled up in tears before the workout. And then, you know, during the workout, you know, really dig into a bad place. And then, you know, during the buddy carry, you know, that usually drives a lot of things home. When you do that buddy carry at the end, um, I think that that makes the workout and, and these people coming up to me afterward and thanking me for my service and thanking me for being here and thank for sharing and all this stuff. It was really interesting for me. And, 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 uh, and so when, um, when that, uh, when I had that experience, it was, it was literally, I know I said it in the video, but it was literally like, I, I found that camaraderie amongst these other strangers that I had nothing in common with, just like in the military, when I joined the military, a bunch of strangers, nothing in common with. And, and we had some sort of common bond, you know, we had some sort of common understanding and some sort of, uh, agreement. Hey, I'm not going to quit on this workout. I won't quit on you. And, and it's really interesting that CrossFit was not designed by somebody in the military, Mm -hmm. you know, it's really interesting. Beautiful fit. 
yeah, that coach was not in the military because it just works for firefighters. It just works, you know, for, for police officers. It just works for people who, you know, consider, you know, nurses and stuff who constantly put their lives in each other's hands and stuff. You know, I mean, I've got an ICU nurse that I, that I coach now, who's a friend of mine and he, that's gotta be one of the worst jobs I've ever heard of an ICU nurse. He just deals in death all day long. That's all he does is deal with death and pass people along to death. Like that's it. And so I, I am at least a, a comforting soul for him because he and I can talk death all we want. Neither of us, it doesn't bother really either one of us. All of a sudden some poor person comes, walks up in that conversation and we sort of stop and look and we're like, (laughs) you might not want to keep listening. You know, yeah, we don't, we don't do that till after your elements class is is completed. (laughs) Hey, let me, let me backfill a couple of details. One is, um, kind of your, your CrossFit heritage, so to speak. And so when you're talking about your brother, we're talking about Jordan Gravatt, who is one of the first filmmakers in uh, CrossFit. So, at that time, he and Paula, your sister, um, owned an affiliate. It was a, a, a amazing affiliate, and um, and Paula is, you know, she is our event coordinator. She is the one who makes sure everybody's got hotel rooms. She is a huge part of the CrossFit organization uh, from a planning standpoint of all of our huge events. So for people who are listening who don't know that, I think it's an important detail to fill in. And then as we're talking about the Wad Nazaria, I don't know. If you want to talk about Compat later, we can. But in my opinion, you, you really laid it out there. And I, I appreciated how open and honest you were in that video that I really want people to watch. But tell people what the actual Wad is. The, the workout that was that was made and, and I didn't know I thought that you had designed it so tell me did, did Jordan create it did Paula create it or how did, how did it come about we sort of sat down at the dinner table if I remember correctly it's you know been a few years now but I think we sat down at the dinner table and I I remember I was like hey like I, I kind of want to rx it like don't make it too hard for that I can't rx it <laughs> hook a brother up right um and so um the exact number of the wounded that happened in Nazaria was a little bit different. And the original, the original workout was just for me. It was just meant for the box and it was just meant for, to get me through the 23rd because, um, literally, and I still get the phone calls from my, from my buddies. They're like, Hey man, what, what number shot are you on? You know? And we used to take shots and we used to name the shots and we used to take a shot in remembrance of everybody. On the anniversary, on the anniversary of the battle. That's the culture in the military right there is you, you drink it away. Yep. Yep. And so, um, you know, 18 guys died and then, you know, in subsequent deployments, we had more and more friends die. And so I think we were up to like somewhere in the twenties, you know, that we were in remembering people and we'd always do it on the 23rd. And, um, so anyways, um, so it was like, I said, Hey man, I like, I'd like to do a workout instead of drinking today. And so we did a, uh, we wrote it, we wrote down, he was like, what do you think we should do? And I, when I was still pretty early in my CrossFit career, and for some reason, I don't know what it is, everybody hates wall balls. And they seem to <laughs> get you yep. get you pretty yeah, they seem to get you pretty excited. You know, they seem know to why. your heart rate excited and your legs excited and your shoulders excited. And so I um excited. I'm gonna borrow that word. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> my heart is excited and, right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My heart is excited. My respiratory um, rate is very excited. That's right. And so uh, I was like, I want to, um, the exact number of the wounded is a little bit off, but it, speaking of just Marine wounded, um, I was, 
59 was just out of my memory. I, I think at the Purple Heart Ceremony, there might have been somewhere in the 60s or 70s or something like that. But I know one guy got hot brass on the back of his neck. And when he pulled it off, it, it ripped some skin off. And he, at, he found himself, he found his name called at the Purple Heart Ceremony. He's like, why are they calling my name? And we were like, shh, there's a lot of great benefits that go along with that. Just do it. Just take it. Just take it. Take it. I would just take it, you know? Um, and so anyway, stuff like that. So 59 wall balls represents the wounded and it's sort of to wound your legs prior to starting the three rounds. And so the three stood for March, you know, um, uh, subsequently, um, we, in me talking about the story and stuff like that, uh, you know, when I got, finally pulled out of that building and I was back with friendlies. I looked down at my belt of ammunition that I had on my, on my 249 saw. And all I had was three rounds still dangling from it. And that is one trigger pull. And so, uh, it wasn't even my saw. It was somebody else's that I picked up. Uh, anyway, so three rounds stands for March and then, um, 18, uh, sorry, 12, 12, uh, squat cleans. Um, I like squat cleans also um, because I just feel like uh, I need to give homage to my first ever CrossFit hero workout, which was uh, my first ever CrossFit workout after my fundamentals class, um, which was Badger. Oh, perfectly appropriate intro workout. Yeah. <laughs> Throw him into the deep end. <laughs> like I said, my brother-in-law, I don't know if you heard the story, but my uh, he said it at my wedding, actually, but Jordan... Uh, when I first met him, I was 11 years old and he held me down and was tickling me. And I was like, dude, if you don't stop, I'm going to spit in your face. And he didn't stop. And I spit right in his face. And so my first ever CrossFit workout was Badger. Um, yeah, it was pretty perfect. So 12 squat cleans, 135 for the guys, 95 for the girls. I figured it was good. 12 because my unit was one, two, right? First battalion, second Marine. So, uh, 18 pull-ups, um, for the 18 Marine KIA that day and 23 box jumps for March 23rd. And so 23 box jumps. So it's three rounds of 12 squat cleans, 18 pull-ups and 23 box jumps. And then after that, um, there was a time in the day where I was unable, um, there was a time in the day when our vehicle finally took its last shot and it wasn't going anywhere in our driver uh, just kept going until it hit a telephone pole and we were inside the back of the Amtrak and this thing just went, we went sideways and then we slammed back down again and, um, they just yelled, get out. And so we started pushing everybody out of the, out of the vehicle. Um, and, um, I remember I was the farthest back in the vehicle closest to the machine gun turret. So I was the last one out and I, uh, heard a guy yell for help and I look over and there's a guy who was getting peppered on the on the street and so I ran over to grab him by the LBV and drag him over behind what I thought was you know the good side of the vehicle which is where all my buddies you know had had ran and so I, I drug him over there and I remember I did the perfect exactly what you're taught to pick him up for a fireman carry I put his legs together that was my first mistake his legs were shot like four times. And so I was, put his legs together. He was screaming, tried to bend his legs. He didn't like that. He, he, he resisted. We'll say, we'll say he resisted. Um, and, uh, I, I bend down to pick him up. He was in full combat load. And, and I remember after, I'm not even sure what time of day it was, but I mean, it was a good 
while that we had already been in combat and um and so i went to go pick him up and i couldn't try it again and i couldn't and each time i tried he was getting a little more upset um i'm putting these things mildly kind of for humor right uh the um he was the, displeased. Uh, he was not <laughs> he was <laughs> displeased the uh so yeah um i yelled for help and two guys jumped over and 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 uh, grabbed him. Two of us grabbed him and drug him. The other guy held down some suppressive fire and we kicked in a door and we went inside a house. And so the um, buddy carry at the end is to symbolize what I that what I should have been able to do. And so you you do one big lift, which is originally it was 165 pound clean was a big lift for me back in like 2010. And now I'm like, yeah, okay you know, let's snatch that or something like that, but it's supposed to be a heavy lift. And then the buddy carry is supposed to symbolize the buddy carry that I, that I was unable to do. And so, um, that's what we originally planned. And that was because of, it was just supposed to be about me upon finding out that they were going to do a CrossFit journal video about it. I felt that it was, um, not in good taste to totally leave out the fact that, um, the 507, the maintenance company of the U S army, uh, happened to come upon the Iraqi position in Nazaria prior to us. They weren't supposed to, it was an accident, but they ended up there and nine, uh, soldiers lost their lives also. And so, uh, that happened and that was weird for us because we were the lead lead element. All of a sudden there were some U S troop vehicles in front of us and we were like, why the hell is, why are they there? And why are they losing? is what we were not understanding. Um, and so, uh, we decided that before the 59 wall balls, we could do a one mile run sub nine minutes, you know, let the target target of like sub nine minutes to honor the nine U S soldiers. Um, and so on. And so that's why we added the one mile run at the beginning. Nice. That sub nine minute run mile runs gonna take a lot of CrossFitters out of the game right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Sub nine minute 400 for me. They were like, oh, I was with you until the sub nine minute mile. I'm out. <laughs> I heard heavy barbell. Good little plug for that new, uh, Henshaw, uh, lecture series that's going on right now. Yeah. That'll get you there. That'll get you there. <laughs> um, you know, the, 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 coolest thing for me and pat pat made the observation of this as well when we were speaking before we called was um in the video when you talked about telling a client during the workout that each one of those pull-ups has a name associated with it it's a really heavy thing and it's not um you know i, I saw an interview when we did tommy v at regionals with his with his wife and that was cool because it was um you, know, you get a closer association with it but the fact that um, you don't, you don't often see hero workouts that, um, there's still living people who were attached to the creation of that hero workout. Um, I think that, that, that's a really, um, it's a really heavy thing. Did your, did your buddies who came into town, like anybody show any interest in, in giving it a whirl? Oh yeah. Um, one of my buddies, uh, one of my buddies does CrossFit up in Alaska. Um, kind of partly because, you know, uh, he knew I did it and stuff and, and we've always been good and competitive. Um, uh, it's funny, we were just talking about it, and his wife's like, oh, no, I'm all about gymnastics. He's all about the weightlifting. Give him the give him the stuff on the ground and give me the stuff in the air. Um, and, I, and so that was kind of fun. I was like, well, maybe you guys could hit as a partner workout. Um, but, yeah, we um, a couple of them a couple of them did. One of them, uh, 
one of my buddies, uh, my gunnery sergeant did, uh, did cross. He's like, yeah, I saw it one time, but he's, he's a cattle rancher in Texas and he's totally happy doing what he's doing. And, you know, um, but yeah, got one of my buddies from Chicago wants to do it and stuff. And so that will be pretty fun. I, they all, they all want the shirt, you know, they all want the t-shirt out, you know, so I'm going to give them that. Yeah. But everybody, uh, out of all out of all the war stories that that everybody kind of told throughout the course of the weekend but that that was my fun favorite was from gunny when he said he came to that position where you were pinned down and he was like you need anything and would you tell him you're like yeah some water and yeah some water and a radio battery because we couldn't get a hold of anybody and nobody knew that we were there and so i said water and a battery and so as I, Gunny came running up to ask, you know, what do I need? I said, water and a battery. And uh, his driver dumped it out the back of the trailer and they, they both jumped right back in the vehicle and took off. And so sitting out in the middle of the road was uh, <laughs> the battery that we needed and the jug of water. And so we, uh, I don't even know how it happened, but a guy named uh, Jessica, um, I think, decided that maybe it was maybe it was something else shit i might have just given someone credit for somebody else's moves but um so i'm sitting there on a wall suppress a fire across the street and i mean just whatever and then uh so he, he we open the gates and he goes running out after the after the battery and after the jug of water and all of a sudden in my line of fire i see the jug of water going woof, 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 oh, no. woof. And i'm like what the hell and then i hear the clunk 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 of an empty water jug and i was like oh shit and he comes running back in just cussing up a storm you know whatever we shut the gates behind him and he's cussing up a storm because he was excited um and uh he uh gave us the battery for a prc 119 and um it was of course not the radio we had <laughs> right. right and then and then even fa- fast forward even further though right and didn't didn't gonna come uh, back eventually he's like hey man why didn't you tell me you needed a ride where <laughs> to god that happened um the so we had a in between that we had a tank come up and uh, a tank came up and and the tankers didn't give a shit they were like sitting halfway out their vehicle just blowing everything up and um they were like this major looks at me and he's like, Hey, how's it going? I said, we got some wounded in here and, uh, everything. He goes, well, put the wounded on the, on the head, on the hood of the, of the tank here. And, and we'll, uh, and you guys just walk beside the tank and we'll go North. And I was like, uh, you take your fucking tank here and you go North and clear that bitch. Cause I've already been up there. That's why I'm here. Okay. Um, and, that's why my vehicle's there and whatever. In hindsight, we probably should have moved with the tank. Um, I was freaking scared. I don't know what to tell you. And I was the highest ranking guy there. And I was like, you go get help, bring it back. We're good. Uh, but no, I'm not walking next to your damn tank. And so, um, so he, we put the wounded up on him. And so now we had no more wounded in the building. We had just hard, you know, just ready, you know, ready to rock Marines. And so, uh, we were still going And about as the sun was going down, I was like, Maybe that was a bad call. Like I've seen Black Hawk down. I know how this ends. You know, this is not. Maybe that was a bad call. I should have probably walked next to the tank. Okay, we need to start figuring out how we're gonna, what we're gonna do here when we run out of ammo. And uh, so that's about the time that all of a sudden, um, I mean, you could almost hear Robert Duvall in Apocalypse Now with the speakers and everything when uh, when Gunny Duran comes up with the cat team. And for those of you guys who don't know what a cat team is, it's the Humvees that have the heavy machine guns on them and the anti-tank missiles on them and stuff. All of a sudden 
the other side of the street starts getting lit up and all these freaking high, you know, high speed Humvees come screeching to a halt and he jumps out with his damn shotgun. Just so everybody knows, Gunny took a shotgun to the desert. He wanted shotgun with slugs. <laughs> awesome. That's all he Yeah, that's all he wanted. And I was like, uh, whatever. He was former recon and I wasn't. So okay, right. you go, do what you want. And so he comes up, he's like, why don't you, why don't you tell me you needed a ride? And I was literally the first thing out of his mouth, and I chuckled. I was like, <laughs> I "Didn't didn't occur to me you had a high back Humvee with a trailer on it? Like I don't I don't know what to tell you. We had more guys in here than that. Didn't occur to me. And so come to find out from him, he linked up with you know he he did five runs through Ambush Alley. Oh wow! Uh, with with a with a canvas high back Humvee and a trailer full of full of gear and he had a Navy corpsman sitting in the back of that high back Humvee and he had a driver uh, he did five runs through Nazaria and he also somehow picked up an enemy prisoner of war by just the three of them picked up an EPW and then he uh, linked back up with friendly forces on the north side of the bridge and everyone was doing you know a casually collect or not casually yeah casually collection and kind of a roll call type thing and uh I don't remember what they call it, accountability. Um, and so one of the platoon sergeants was really upset. And he was like, I don't know where my platoon is. Like, I don't know where my platoon is. And he's like, well, who is it? And he was like, well, we had a javelin attachment. He goes, oh, I know where they are. They're they're right back there. They're like, they're like a mile that way. And so... Uh, <laughs> drove by them three times. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I drove by them a bunch. And so, yeah, that was... Uh, that was that, that is a hilarious story. There's a couple really, really funny stories that kind of I always try to remember. But, but yeah, with with regard to uh, with regard to the Tommy V's, uh, you said wife that you guys were that, that yeah. you guys were able to interview. Um, that when I tell when I'm you know in a hero workout, we do hero wads every Friday in my gym. It's Friday Friday is hero wad Friday. Just in case people aren't going to work out the rest of the weekend, I want to make sure we tune up their bodies real good and, you know, whatever. And get them excited. Now I give them, yeah, get them excited. Exactly. <laughs> get them excited for the weekend. And so we, um, we, uh, we typically, um, now I, I give them a choice of like two or three just so people can, people can cherry pick if they want to. And if they want to challenge themselves a little bit more than they can, you know, and, yeah. um, so it's kind of nice, but I always remind everybody, I'm like, Hey, it's a hero wad. It's supposed to suck. You're supposed to get to the point where you want to quit. And at that point, you're either going to quit and die or you're going to get pissed off and fight. It's up to you. Nobody knows what they're going to do when that actually happens. I saw a lot of people on March 23rd that froze. They had one chance and they froze. And the opportunity to be in combat again never presented itself again. And they froze. And I feel for them. I feel for them because they joined to go to combat and they froze. And guess what? Nobody knows who's going to freeze and nobody knows who doesn't. I, I just don't know what to tell you. You can train all you want and you just don't know who's actually going to freeze. Um, and that sucks. So I always tell people, I'm like, hey, this workout, this hero workout, it's one thing to be the name it's one thing to be the hero it's another thing to be the children of the hero who are going to grow up with a stepfather or a stepmother in the case of small and white right uh, you know it's uh, it's going to be 
another thing when their kids are going through high school and their young adult years and they have some real questions about who their father or who their mother was and they don't know those answers. And they might be dealing with all kinds of of anguish and all kinds of resentment and all kinds of other things about that hero. So that hero workout is not for just the hero. That hero workout is for the empty uh, place settings at Thanksgiving and the empty place settings at Christmas. Yeah. At least according to me anyway. Amen. It preach, man. That's uh... very well said. You know, it's, uh, I, I don't want to compare there's no perfect analogy, right? Any analogy by itself, since it's not exact, people can shoot holes in. But, you know, some similarities between, you know, you leave the military, you leave a certain brotherhood to some extent, that, that brotherhood that was formed under unique circumstances. Uh, you go overseas, you do some stuff. Um, and then now I'm going to compare that to the CrossFit gym, which may offend people. that are like, how could you compare the military to doing a workout? Like, so I get that. But the funny thing is, the two similarities in my mind, and I can't take credit for this, is it was actually some Marine officer who said, somebody asked him, hey, how do you build teams? How do you build a bond? How do you do that? And he said it's a combination of suffering through either it's training or combat, suffering in some degree mixed with laughter. And that builds a unique bond that is tough to break. And that happens in the military all the time, suffering and laughter. You, you laugh at the weirdest stuff that you shouldn't laugh at, and you certainly suffer. And in the CrossFit gym, to some degree, there's a group of crazy people that show up to this CrossFit gym every day, and they all suffer together day in and day out, and it's they all laugh together, and you, you form that bond and to some degree, develop another family or another brotherhood or another support network. And I will admit... Um, I, when I watched your video there that we just posted on the journal, I, I, I watched it. And when you did mention that part about each one of the pull-ups having a name, I paused the video because I was intentionally trying not to cry. And it didn't work. And I, and I, I cried. Like, it hit me hard. Really, really, really hard. And uh, I just wonder, you know, life is a very crooked path, you know, different seasons of your life that you've got these people that are not with you anymore and you you know you get to honor those people through this workout and now luckily through the exposure of the journal and whatnot i think it's i think it's an incredible blessing that you are getting to help not only yourself through this situation but all these other veterans from around the world you said contacting you and maybe there's some you know, maybe you're helping a whole heck of a lot more people that didn't have an outlet or didn't have a way to talk about it. That uh, I just think you're you're probably having a significant impact that you're not even aware of. I think it's I think it's fantastic. No doubt. Um, just to that, I actually got a uh, I got a, one of those letters I got was from uh, one of the KIA's wives. So Sergeant Bitz's wife. Um, took the moment to uh, send me a kind message and say, thank you very much for, for doing this and sharing the story because it's really nice to hear my husband's name again. Wow. That's pretty intense. What do you, um, what do you hope comes of it? What do you, what would you hope um, this opportunity, this moment? I mean, I know you, you, you've chosen to start a business which is focused on changing people's lives anyways, but now that you have this amplified platform and people are reaching out to you, like, I don't know, what would you hope would come of it? I don't know. I guess, I, you know, my original hope was just that, uh, you know, if, if somebody happened to find the same enjoyment 
with this community as I did, then, then that would be awesome, you know? And, and I think that that's already happened. Uh, talking about, um, you know, uh, you got veterans in, in pretty much every box that you're probably going to find in, in, in any country around the world. You know, this, this extends beyond the United States for sure. Um, which is intense. I mean, that's just intense. That's, that's weird. Um, but you got veterans and, and, and some of those veterans might want to talk, you know, and they might want to hang out and they might not want to talk and they might not want to, but if you ever have the experience to kind of get them drunk and, and, <laughs> and listen to them for a second, you know, uh, you, you might be interesting. Uh, it, it might be interesting, you know, um, the way that I know that I joke around about things is uncomfortable for some people, but it's really interesting because I'm, I'm in a, in a situation where I have yoga instructors as some of my clients and I'll be joking around and they'll be like, Oh yeah, you know, well, that's actually very similar to what we teach in yoga. And I'm like, I'm talking about something completely destructive. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's a very similar thing. And they're, I think they're trying to pacify me in a, in a really weird way, but, uh, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to wear me down, but, but, uh, you know, Rory, it's interesting. You asked a, a minute ago, um, what things are out there, you know, what kind of, what kind of programs are out there that are really effective, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that is kind of interesting. You know, uh, we would all love to be able to give to an organization. Like there are, I'm not, I'm going to remain nameless because I don't want to plug anything that, that whatever, but I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things that are helping quote unquote, helping veterans and stuff like that. But when you ask me what is helping, I'm sitting here going, I, I couldn't tell you based on me and my friends. Um, Pat said, you know, I, I pretty much the same thing, you know, what is working? Well, what is working is, um, people actually caring, you know, I had a woman come up to me in the grocery store and say, this was really weird. She goes, I was checking out my bags just the other day and, and I was with Amy and she come, this woman gives me that look of like familiarity. And I was like, Oh, she must've, maybe I, maybe she dropped into the box one time and tried us out. And now I got to like do that. Oh yeah. I kind of remember you kind of thing, you know? Um, Oh yeah. How's it going? Maybe we know each other. And she goes, you're Jake from the video and you're, Oh my wow. God, you're Amy. Like you're Jake and Amy. You're right here. I, I knew you were in our hometown, but this is you go to my grocery store. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much. I watched your video like five times. I shared it to all my friends and really? so on. And this, yeah. And I was like sitting there going, okay, I want to grab all my stuff and run away now. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs> you know, like you didn't have a Sharpie in your sock ready. Just sign your face. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. That would have been awesome. Yeah. The, uh, but you know, for the, there's not really, my, my biggest thing is, is it's not we're, I don't think a single veteran is a victim of anything. I don't think that we are victims and I don't think I hate, I hate it when people look with those condescending eyes of like, Oh yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm like Jack Nicholson, you know, like, you sit here under the blanket of freedom that we provide and blah, 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 you know, and, and, but you sit there and you're like, don't give me the condescending eyes. I don't want your sympathy. I don't want anything, you know? Um, but a friend would be nice, 
you know, like, let's just shoot the shit and you have your walks of life and I have mine and you have the jobs that you've had and I have the jobs that I've had. And one of my jobs happened to be something interesting. Um, when I go to the Marine Corps ball to speak my whole message that I want to do, um, and that's coming up quick, no, November, um, November 10th, November. That's right. November 10th. How that, um, the, the ball I'm doing is on the fifth, but anyway, ah, okay. um, the, uh, the message that I'd like to, to send is, um, even if you do 20 years in the military, if you joined at 19, you joined at 20, you joined at 21, you're 41 years old. Cool. Great job. Awesome military experience and so on. Now you fought for America. Let's create the most awesome America there is. Yes. Like, okay, we fought to protect it. I went to some foreign land and fought to protect it. So let's make sure that my neighborhood is pretty damn awesome. Let's make sure that my interaction with other people is pretty damn awesome. Let's make sure that my kids are pretty damn awesome. And I passed the torch to some, some badass kids, you know? And so I, I think that investing in our youth is what our veterans need to get going on. Like, all right, we've got some leadership stuff that we can pass on that we haven't seen since like world war two. We have like a generation now of people that have deployed and come back since what? 2001. I mean, mm -hmm. 17 years ish, you know, 16, 17 years uh, of, of, of people that have been tested under fire and, and so on. We can come back and we can say, I, I literally, the worst mistake that I did was think that the best thing that I did was Nazaria. The worst mistake that I made was thinking that that was going to be the greatest moment of my life. The wedding that I just had was the greatest moment of my life. Well said. My daughter being born was the greatest moment of my life. Nazaria was a situation that I happened to be in. And that's it. And it's what I signed up for. I joined the Marine Corps because I wanted to kill somebody. And I wanted to see if it was them or me who was supposed to live past that moment because there is no more rite of passage for our youth today. There's just graduate high school. What do I do now? I guess I go to college or I go to the military. I guess there, there's no more rite of, rite of passage. And so it's, it's one of those things that I wanted to kind of go do a rite of passage and I wanted to go do a thing. And so I volunteered for it. And so don't look at me as a victim of anything. Cause I'm not, I volunteered for it. And if I got my wish and I didn't like it, um, okay, but uh, <laughs> I'm not a victim. I got my wish. You know, it's like, don't touch that stove. It's hot. Right. <laughs> right. Hell, that really was hot. You know, um, <laughs> now I have an understanding of combat that very few have. Uh, there's a lot of people that have a, a, their own understanding of combat. There's a lot of people that have an understanding of war that I don't understand. I don't know what it's like to go and fight a guerrilla warfare like is going on, you know, as we speak. Um, but, we are the, 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 the best thing I think that we can do is come back home and, and really work on ourselves to get, get ourselves to a place that we actually can, can, can be the same badasses that we were in the military. Like I, I felt like I could do anything when I was in the military. I'm to a point now where I now feel like I can do anything again. There was a time there when I was not much good of it to use of anybody. I, I just was sort of going through and counting the years and getting older and getting fatter and getting drunker. And, and I felt like I had earned that right. And now I'm to the point now where I'm like, I don't know, like, 
should I get involved in like city council to help change this shit? Like, what do we do here? Like, like what's really going to help our, our neighborhoods? What's really going to help my, the future of our kids, you know, what's really going to do this. And, and the, the Marines and, and veterans that are coming through my box, I'm, I'm sitting here going, Hey guys, I got an idea. What if we started investing in the youth? And so I don't want to, I don't want to, talk about my my business model that uh that i have that i have planned here but i have a plan for incinerator that's going to kind of kind of change some, some stuff as far as like what we're going to do with our crossfit affiliate and i'm glad you got that spark back man you know it's what it is it's a spark you know yeah just like just like when you know you're 19 and you get your eagle globe and anchor for the first time and you're like i'm a marine like yeah all right cool like I finally feel like I'm now like, okay, I'm an adult. I don't know. I'm 36 years old and now I'm ready to enter adulthood. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Game on. And you're, and Hey, and you're married and you get to, uh, and you got a beautiful child to take along for the ride with you. I think that, uh, well, my hope is, and I'm sure that not just the video, but hopefully this will also help to fan the flames a little bit. So, um, I know you said it was a little bit of a maze for people to get a hold of you. Where, where would you like people to contact you if they would like to? No, uh, they can just send me an email, Jake at CrossFit Incinerator, you know, dot com. Happy to happy to chat. Perfect. I feel like there's a well. I could listen to you talk all day. How about this guy's voice, Pat? He's got the, as, as Joe Novello would say in the media world. He's got the chops. He's got the pipes. You're he's either got born the chops. you're born he's... with it or you're not. He's got it. <laughs> um, luckily, luckily, I get to spend some time with you on Thanksgiving, dude. But I thank I thank you for opening yourself up in this forum, and and I think people are really going to appreciate it. And and uh, I love you big time, buddy. Jake, it was a pleasure, brother. Love you too, bro. Oh, Pat, pleasure. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll see each other uh, around the uh, the stuff around oh. around the. I'm not missing Madison next year. I'm so pissed. I I I couldn't I couldn't make it this year, and I'm so mad that I didn't. So next year we're totally RVing, and we've already talked about it in the gym. Like, there's going to be an RV caravan from the gym, and we're just going to go yes. Woodstock on this. Perfect, done deal. And if it doesn't happen until then, I will meet you in person. Then it'll be my pleasure. Yeah, well, we'll get you up to Santa Cruz too. Me and Pat are boring as hell at the games. <laughs> All right, <laughs> all right, brother. Have a great day. Yeah, thanks, guys. Okay, bye. Nice meeting you. Bye.